Just when I've been getting down about Spurs, finish seventh, Kane's leaving, Pochettino is an option to come back. Seriously, this year has been completely unlike anything else. If Poch comes back to Spurs, it's it's the Champions League final tomorrow and Josh and I go through uh, how we think the teams are going to set up, bits on shape, some moments in the game to look out for. Um, It's always nice to do this with someone who's like professionally analysing football, just makes you feel so much cleverer. Um, Josh, thanks so much for your time, really, really appreciate it. Look forward to the game and look forward to having you back on to do some England games over the summer. Josh Bednash, Palace coach, coach's voice analyst and football fan, fundamentally football fan, right? Like you just love football. I think I think you have to be, yeah. I think to, to spend your whole life watching football, you have to enjoy it. So, yeah, I hope so. Did you watch United last night before we talk about Chelsea City? I watched a bit. I didn't, to be honest with you. I've been, sometimes when I'm coaching every night and I get home and I do want to watch football, then other times when I get home and I just don't want to watch football. And last night was one of those nights. So I watched a bit of it. Um, but if I watched football every night and then worked for football every day, I just wouldn't have a life. So <laughs> I wouldn't have a girlfriend or a family. So I need, I need to sometimes <laughs> measure it. But yeah, it was, how was the game? No, I, I was coaching last night as well. I got in and it was like 108th minute. And yeah. I was like, oh, stick it on for extra time. Maybe hopefully see some penalties. Penalty shootouts when you don't have a team in it, like when you just don't care who wins, it's just so fun. So yeah, not a bad time to tune in actually. So fun. Yeah, I love it. I couldn't tell you anything about the game really. Um, other than Juan Foyf is now a European champion, which is, I think, what all Spurs fans would mm. want for him and for, for anyone else. Um, cool. Chelsea City coming up on Saturday. Um, they've played, it's one of these fixtures that it's like this year it seems to have come up quite a lot. And every single time there's been quite a lot at stake in the league, even though. City have mm. kind of run away with things. Um, you said you've watched back the two, well, the two most recent games. Anyway, what are you mm. what are you expecting to see um, when it comes to the Champions League final on Saturday? I think the first thing that's worth saying is that the last two games I don't think can be seen as too much of an indication of what's going to happen. Definitely in terms of of how the game's going to be played um, on like a micro level with. It. In, with with meaning what each player can do and will be able to do in the sense of you've had the num- the players that didn't start either of the two previous games from Man City were Mares, Stones, Zinchenko, Bernardo Silva, Walker, Foden and Gundogan all didn't start the last two games. So reading too much into those previous two games is is probably not the most wise thing to do. On top of that, Aguero misses a penalty that he... Sh- that he would otherwise score and they, and Chelsea score in the 92nd minute and then won in the semi-final. They're not they're not the best games to read into. That said, I think the second game gives a probably close indication of how City are going to play. Go over the first game, I, I felt like the Chelsea would play this back five, back three with wing backs, this box and and one lone striker. So they tend to that the midfield, the box in the middle tends to be quite um, flexible in the sense of it will be a one and then a three at times. Maybe it will form into a diamond. Mount, Ziek, uh, Pulisic, if he's playing, will take really clever positions on the sort of side of different teams, um, midfield and defence. And and in the first game, 
City couldn't really get to grips with how to play against that. Um, and Chelsea dominated, I felt, most of the game. City didn't create many chances. I think they expected goals or something like 0.8 in the game. Um, so I think the, the second game was a better indication of how they can solve the problems that opposed to them. They played a back five. They played a similar sort of shape in the middle. They played one up front. Um, rather than that being like, a, they don't, City don't just play 5 four, one They'll build up with a three. They'll have a Rodri in the middle, have another three and then another three, and then they'll be flexible within that. Um, flexible, but also very rigid, I think, is the, is the key here. That there's flexibility in the sense of um, players will fill certain positions, but those positions need to be filled, if that makes sense. Um, and, and so, yeah, without rounding too much on the first shot of the blocks, I think that second game is probably a better indication of what is, is going to happen. Mm. You mentioned like the problems that arise, and you said Chelsea dominated that that second game. What what are the problems for City? Like, why is this not just like City are favourites? This is going to be an easy win. Firstly, when City have the ball, um, Chelsea are very good at compacting that central area, that box. Um, and when the when they became into like a, in a, into a mid, mid block or low block, City struggled to to break through that. I think there's elements where the tempo in the first game wasn't particularly fast with the ball. Also, um, City struggled in terms of um, Chelsea have got three defenders and City haven't got a, a nine that particularly likes running and stretching in behind in the first game. Um, so that led to City, Chelsea really being able to compact the space in between midfield and defence. In the second game, they had Torres, Aguero and Jesus all playing and their ploy was to bring in to attract Aspilicueta or Rudiger on the side of the defence towards the ball and then running behind. And they did that for the first goal and they created a few chances from that. Um, likewise, in terms of the, the midfield box in the first game, City tried to get players either in between the, the base of the box or on the sides of the box, but they didn't quite able to, weren't quite able to do that. Um, but in the second game, they had a lot more success at doing that. They played Rodri deeper on his own, they had Sterling dropping into pockets. They had Torres dropping into pockets. Um, Mendy had width on one side. Cancelo had width on the other, but he liked to come in a bit. And they had a bit more space playing on the outsides and in the middle of this box with threats in behind. Um, so I think that's, that's you know, they need to try to manipulate this shape that Chelsea play. Within, if you play a box, there's spaces, like I just said, in, in between the base, in between all four points of the box or on, on the sides of it. And if you could try and find those spaces whilst also threatening the back line so they can't jump in and condense that space, then you're going to have opportunities. But in the first game, City, City weren't really able to do that. So in the first game, Ziyech had a lot more effect on Rodri. The base, the, the holding midfield players weren't quite able to pick up the ball as, as freely as they wanted to. Whereas in the second game, Rodri was going behind Werner and finding a lot more space to receive the ball and play, play four passes from there. So I feel like... Um, there's going to be a lot more opportunities if they play with this back three and then a midfield four, maybe one and then the three. They get a lot more space to try and break through in the, in, in the final. Mm. Do you think it's just going to be Rodri as like that, that the player who's going to be in the middle of the pitch with build up? In the first game, there was Fernandinho and Rodri played there together. Um, you, they didn't, I don't think they needed two to be in there because with two being in there, they had less players in, in behind the lines. Um, and I think they're much better served than having maybe one player as a base player, Rodri there. Cancelo also comes inside. And then you'd have maybe three players behind the box or in between the lines. 
Um, I think I think they'll play Rodri in his own there. I think Gundogan needs to play because he, he can go in between the lines. He can also come in front. In the second game, what helped them a bit more was when they started to bring three players around this box to try and get on, like I said, behind it and other side of it. Sterling would drop in and they tried to overload that central area and then try and break through from there. So although you want, you don't, I don't think you want Rodri and Fernandinho as a base together because you, you, you then lose players further forward. So if you start with Rodri as a deeper player and then Gundogan can be, can, can be there as well and can be a player further forward and a player at, at the base as well. So I think they're probably I think they're probably going to go with uh, Rodri, I would say Rodri, Gundogan, and I think Foden will potentially play in there. And then I think they'll need to play a nine, maybe Jesus or Aguero, because I think they need that threat in behind. Otherwise, it's going to be too condensed. Um, so I think I'd imagine Aguero might start, seeing as he played on Saturday and scored a couple of goals. Mm-hmm. Um, Mares I think needs to play. Um, and then, I mean, Sterling, De Bruyne, I think you probably go with um, with De Bruyne on the other side. Um, and then from there, obviously, because Cancelo will come inside, then Mahrez will go wide and you have a few varieties there. But I don't know if, I don't know if you can not play a nine in this game because I think you need players to be stretching in behind. Sterling played well in the second game against them, so maybe he'll be that player. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. That's interesting you say that because I thought okay maybe Aguero got a couple of goals. Seems like I, I would I'd be pretty surprised if he started to be honest. Yeah, I think the thing is I wouldn't necessarily start Aguero for it being Aguero, but I think you need threat in behind. I think you need a runner in behind. I don't think Jesus will start in this sort of game. If we t- if we assume that Aguero doesn't start, then where's your your runs in behind coming from? Is it is it Mares? Is it I don't think Sterling's going to play. So is it Mahrez? Is it De Bruyne? I think against PSG in the first leg, the first half, I thought they really struggled to break in between PSG's defensive and midfield line. And they had Cancelo wide on one side. And on the left, Foden was really, really wide. Second half, they made Cancelo come inside and Foden go in between the lines. And they had loads of space there. And they didn't need too much of a threat in behind because... Foden has such a big presence in between the lines as the Gundogan. But Chelsea are really, really good at compacting that space. And I think if you have players that are going to pull in Aspilicueta and are going to pull in Rudiger, then you need someone to run in behind. You need that threat in behind because otherwise um, you don't get the benefits which are going to be potential if you bring in those players and you draw them forward. Yeah. You said, like, okay, they're, they're rigid in terms of the, the shape of the team, but who fills which spaces? is like that that's going to change at different points during the game can you remember a team that was this fluid like in like the, i don't know who was who was the last team in the premier league that was this fluid in terms of players filling positions because i don't think i don't think we've had one for a while and that's the, kind of always the debate about city it's like are they fluid are they flexible or are they rigid and i think like the the, the idea of, of of positional play is that you're fluid in the extent, in the, in the sense that it looks fluid because the players understand the principles so well and the players are so adept at filling spaces when, needs to, when they need to be filled. However, those spaces are, get filled by specific players and in specific ways. So, for example, in the, in the second game, in the, the league game, Sterling was coming inside that sort of left in half space, you can call it, inside like the, um, 
second or, or fourth lane, whatever you, you want to call it. But he was coming, starting from high, coming deep. And then when he came deep, then Jesus would um, fill the space behind him. And they'd it would always be him dropping deep, pulling Aspilicueta, then finally runs in behind. And it's not that he was just doing that because he felt like he was doing it. That's obviously something they'd really, really worked on. And now whether that was him doing that or someone else doing that, that needed to be done, if that makes sense. And then if that if he, it wasn't him doing that, some, he would do the job that the other person was doing. So it's an incredible understanding of what is what, what happens around you and what the bigger picture looks like. There's teams that have been fluid or free in the sense that they are free and they are fluid, but they're not going to be, they wouldn't be as effective in, in, in the way City are effective at, when they lose the ball. I think teams that have been fluid previously have been fluid and free and whatever you want to call it, expansive. I don't like those words necessarily because they suggest that there's not much structure there. And it's just that like, you know, when you lose the ball, anything can happen. Whereas actually when City lose the ball, not so much in the first game, actually, which is really interesting. Again, Pep's really, Pep Guardiola's really, really big on stopping counterattacks and was really big on this after he came back from Germany. And in the first game, they struggled to stop counterattacks massively. And in the second game, they were really, really good at that. So I think that, again, how fluid you are, they're fluid, but there's so much structure behind the ball as well. So I suppose they're not necessarily the right word for it. I think the, 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 probably the right word for it is probably flexible. Yeah. They, they have structure, but they're flexible. The players are flexible to, to tick which boxes need to be ticked. Tuchel's clearly a fantastic coach. I think Lampard did really, really well with Derby, of course. I think he was really good for some elements of that team. Um, I think it was really good for some players in that team. The more experience you get in football at, at the top level, the more you're going to be able to problem solve. And I'm sure he, you know, he'd probably be the first to admit that, that having more experience at Champions League level allows you to problem solve in a, in a, in a, in a way that is based on your principles and, and able to adapt to the other team. So Tuchel's experience with getting the Champions League last, final last year and having a few years with PSG and, and Dortmund, he's clear, clearly a really adept coach. And I think it's interesting hearing what he said about we don't coach shape necessarily I mean they probably do but we coach more principles and moments and they don't coach isolated moments they coach kind of complex moments or layered moments whatever you want to call it which the players seem to have a really good understanding of of how to transition between one phase to the next and how to spring from one moment to the next they seem to be really capable of doing that um and it's clearly got a clear style it's clearly got a clear uh, they, they've got a very clear style in the sense that that, that midfield box, they're one player who breaks and supports the nine. They press with the two, sometimes splitting the centre halves. Some the box, the side of the box will go out. Will go out. It's not like I've, I've used that formation before a lot, and 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 I've seen teams that play, and you often get that kind of base of the of the two side by side. I think Spurs played it a bit under Mourinho early on, didn't they? Dyer and Winks at the base, or something along those lines. And I remember being quite kind of flat so to speak but he's he's able to have Jorginho there and then because Kante can run off and he doesn't necessarily impact the game too much in possession he's really good at kind of breaking through and breaking through with runs and breaking through and lo winning loose balls and he's good at turning that moment from like a kind of control moment to a bit of a chaotic moment which is good for some teams when they're in possession so I think the way that that's flexible in, the, in in there is is a really good thing I think he's I think he's got He's getting loads out of Werner, which is crucial. I mean, the amount of offside goals that Werner's scoring just shows how willing he is to run in behind, which, again, I've said before, I think you need, you have to have in a team. Um, and yeah, I think, I think, I mean, they're going to probably be key contenders next season for the league. Um, it's interesting in, in, in many ways how they play against each other. Like, 
you could probably argue that Tuchel has a positional play style to an extent. Um, they're probably not as, I don't know if comfortable is the word, but they're not probably not as kind of patient in possession. They're probably a bit more want to create chances quickly and they, and they do so within a few passes where City will take their time and they'll wait for the opportunity to arise and they'll provoke opportunities. So they've got different styles there, but I think they're probably more, I think they're probably more effective. I know ZX scored in both games. Um, I don't know where they'll start the game, but I think Pulisic and, and Werner offer, offer a fair bit as a kind of nine and then like a sort of ten and a half. Mm. Um, yeah. Are you gutted to not see Kovacic playing because you love Kovacic? I love Kovacic. Absolutely. I think I, 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 Kovacic could, could play though, couldn't he, if Kante doesn't make it? Yeah, I suppose. I just, I'm so used to this Jorginho Kante, just like everything that you would want a midfielder to do between the two of them, they've got it covered. Yeah. I think, I think Kovacic is, fan, is a fantastic player, personally. Like, he's what you, what, what some people call, what like some people wouldn't want to call, but is now kind of known as press resistant, right? So he, 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 he can be, ta- he can be, you can try to tackle him, but because of his individual technical capacity and his, his agility and his movement, he can evade being pressed, even when he's a, he's a trigger to be pressed. So if he's facing his own goal and you press him, he can roll you and roll someone else. And then you go from then being pressed and being in a position where you could have a superiority if you're really, really good, but because it's a, re- it's a restart and they're set up, it's actually a good opportunity to be pressed. You go from that to then being on a counter-attack, which is absolutely vital. So I, I do think he's really, I do, I do like him. I, I wonder if he'd been fit for the last two months or so, whether he'd been playing ahead of Jorginho. I don't know. But um, I think Jorginho has, has been elements, there's been moments where you see limitations that he that he has previously suffered from. I mean, obviously the Arsenal moment's a freak moment, but I think that his mobility and it, at times does get the better of him. Um, I don't know how quick he can play in possession, whereas Kovacic, I think, can, like I said, go, you can go from being pressed or being um, under pressure to breaking through and starting attack quite quickly. I think Kovacic will have quite a key part next season. I think Tuchel, I think Tuchel, he's Tuchel's sort of player for me. And Tuchel said that when he first, when he first joined, he said to, uh, looking forward to working with Kovacic. So, yeah, don't know. Mm. But I do love him, yeah. <laughs> um, in the FA Cup final, Reese James and Aspilicueta played like right side centre-back right wing back but Reese James was the centre back do you think there's an argument for doing that against City or not okay, okay so I, I think I mean with the ball I think you need to have a player um, like Reese James who can if, if if City do struggle to go from having possession to losing possession and you've got Cancelo inside and you maybe have got Zinchenko deeper or you've got Be- if Mendy plays or whoever it might be or even if they play with a back three and then you've got spaces in behind the wing backs if you haven't got a player like Reese James who can, who can occupy those spaces quickly, you, I think you hamstring yourself a bit. Um, that said, City used Aspilicueta's kind of maybe, I don't know what you want to call it, age, lack of mobility, to draw him in and play balls in behind. Reese James won't, that what he'd be able to do too. He can, he can go in 60%, but then still defend the ball in behind well. So, yeah, I mean, it could, it could work. I don't, I don't, I I, I don't love it. I don't love Aspilicueta as a right as a right wing back, um, just because I don't I don't know if he's going to have as much of an impact if if they're trying to counter attack City as as Reece James would. But but yeah, I think it could be definitely could be an option. Mm. It just seems like I don't know. Obviously, Leicester different team to City, 
but in that game, it was you could see, you could just so so clearly see what the plan was to just have Rhys James like he's fast and he's great at defending. So just put him in a position where most of the game he's going to have to be fast and defend, and that's mm. what they did. But then they definitely suffered in terms of getting up the pitch and like deliveries into the box. And regardless of whether they're playing a striker or not, it's always handy to have a great passer in a wide area. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, definitely in the first game. Um, Chelsea looked to make put their tens behind the fullbacks when when City played a four. When City moved up and Mendy moved up to press, um, Chelsea liked to move their ten kind of behind the fullbacks. And there was one where even for the for the goal where um, it was Reece James was quite deep, and for some reason Rodri went out to press him, and then they they initially went from having a four v three in the middle to having a four v two, and they broke through from that and scored the first goal. And I just think that if 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 um, Reese James is central, then you're losing maybe an opportunity to if Mount rolls out to the right and behind the left back when he jumps up, and Reese James can then spin and join the attack. You lose that potential of like turning and having the ball into like a two v one counter attack maybe on one side. Um, also, think with City, you don't you don't really get a lot of. I mean, City aren't a massive counter attacking team, are they? They'll they'll regain the ball and they'll build unless unless there's a key moment to counter attack. So I don't know how much having Reese James central is beneficial because when you're having combinations down the sides and you've got Foden combining with whoever's playing as a 10, maybe De Bruyne going down the sides and you've got on one side, you've got maybe Mahrez and Gundogan on the other side. You probably need a wing-back who can, de- a, a can deal with that. Likewise, when C- City score a lot of their goals from kind of cutbacks and balls across the box, don't they? So I think that having a defender who's comfortable defending within the width of the goal frame like Aspilicueta is, 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 is a, for me, a better ploy. Um, I, I do like Reece James as a player. I think, I think, he's, I think he's quite scatty to, to look at, technically. Um, it's not super clean when he's um, as a fullback. Like Chilwell is probably the opposite. Chilwell is like very, very clean, but not as dynamic, if that makes sense. So I don't know if um, I don't know if Reece James as a centre back would be for me, but who knows? Who knows? We will see. If Chelsea win the game, there's a decent argument that Mason Mount will be man of the match, in my opinion. And I mm. I don't know whether like my opinion on a player has changed so much over the course of a season than like when when you'd watch him, and it would be like okay, he's like you know, kind of energy and move, moves around a bit and like, yeah, he can carry the ball, but like, that's kind of it. To now, he's like, you know, can, can basically be a counter-attack by himself, presses really, really well, creates chances. Um, and I don't, I don't know how much of that is just down to Tuchel. Like, obviously not. Like, he had a great relationship with Lampard and was obviously playing well there. And maybe part of it's just like being in a team where what what his role is is a lot clearer but I remember the game when um, Chelsea beat Spurs at um, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium under Lampard but they played a back three and that was the first time I'd seen Mount like playing as the one of the tens in the box and he's just devastating with like how quickly he gets into space and then when he gets the ball how quickly he can just do something like there's no time between the ball gets to him and him doing something Hmm. yeah yeah, I think when you're when you're playing in in in, in big games, I think the, the, the moments that really count are transition for sure, and how well you're able to receive in between 
or behind midfielders and turn that into a chance. I think those are the moments that are crucial in, in you know, because t- the top teams don't really don't give you a lot of space. And the top teams are able to control spaces really, really well. Like even when you watch, there's moments where Ziyech or even Sterling are literally walking without the ball, but they know exactly where to walk and how to walk. So it means that the player behind them won't get the ball. And it's a genius, genius skill. And I, we, I noticed when I'm coaching, the play, as players start to get older and start to get more better game on the side, they can, they can start to do that. It's not always running or, or always being in the right position. It's, it's moving like subtly between, between positions to stop balls going forward. The reason I, get, I said that is because I think that Mason is really, really good at finding, arriving in spaces on the sides, behind, in between a shape and turning that into a chance really, really quickly. Obviously, his game understanding is really, really good. Athletically, he's unbelievable. Um, and he's like, I, for me, I find his stride pattern is so quick that he can touch a ball and turn it into a shot within, and he's, he can do that in a, such a short number of steps or the steps he, within, within which he does that are so much faster than other players that he's so, so good at doing that. I think that he's been really helped, I think, by having the other players in the midfield that can move really well. So I think... Having someone like Kante is really good for him because he will he will make Mount won't necessarily get the first ball in turn, but they might go from in, from the centre backs into Jorginho into Kante, and then Kante will make a forty yard run just randomly, and then Mount will just go and fill that space. And I think that he's really that works really well for him, and that's why I think that Pulisic and Werner I think work well. I think in the game of the night against Leicester in the league game, I felt that. Werner and Pulisic, it, they having those two, they they they're not. It's not like the top of a box and a nine, and it's not like a four-five-three-two. It's kind of a mixture of the two. So they will flip from going to the kind of corner of the box to being a nine, and then both being nines together, and then both being tens together, and then and Mount really profits on that. Mount really profits from those from those spaces being kind of mixed mixed up, and he'll really profit from he'll he'll go out to the become a left back and pick the ball up there, or he'll move into the 10 space to pick a ball up there when, when no one's been there. I think that's what Tuchel's really, really good at. Like, there's been obviously criticism towards, from 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 people and kind of the media towards Arteta in terms of being too rigid. I, for me, I don't think that's the case at all. I think that Arteta is, for me, I think it's him and his coaching team are really, really good and doing, and doing a good job with the players they have. But there's there's definitely an opposite there in terms of you've got a coach that is, very structured in the sense of he wants certain players to be in certain areas and certain patterns to come off. And you've got a coach who likes to, has principles that create spaces for players to kind of manipulate, if that makes sense. And I think that really benefits Mount. Um, I wonder how much Mount, how good Mount would be in a shape in a team that required one or two things for him in certain moments. Um, Likewise, I wonder how good like Pepe would be in this team because there's a bit more, you know, you have to you have to kind of want a better phrase work out yourself at times. Mm. Whereas I think Pepe's really, really, really benefited from from a stru- very structured coach saying, "This is your job." And the last, I think, the last ten games he's been Arsenal's best player. Sorry, I'm going on to Arsenal again. But... <laughs> uh, all right. Um, is there is there a striker that? Like, is there anyone that chose a good sign to play as a nine that would make this team 
better. Like, obviously, Kane's available. I think the fit for him at Chelsea is ridiculous. But, like, does them having a nine help Pulisic and Ziyech and Mount and Werner? Or are they better off, like, talk, with the sort of movement that you're, that you're describing? Yeah, like, I don't... Like, there's, there's loads of talking on the mainstream about, like, City not using a nine and, and X, Y, Z. I, I don't think that... I think we're probably going to move away from the, the like these notions of the nominal terms of numbers and what they define. Like Jude Belling was a prime example, right? He's a number 22. I'm sure you've heard the story because the head of coaching said to him, I want you to be a four and eight and a 10. You're too good to be just one. And that is, I think that's such a, so, like one of my favorite stories. It's so good for a young player to hear that, but it's also, I think it's important to redefine what these, what these numbers mean. I don't know if Chelsea need a nine, or they need someone to do certain jobs. So they need someone to run in behind to vacate space centrally, or they need someone to finish crosses, or they need someone to whatever it might be. Um, I mean, I don't know. Personally, I don't know if Kane is a best fit because I've, I think Werner, he clearly really likes Werner because he, he, he will run 80 times a day, a game, sorry, and he'll create so much space for the players once you run and a centre-back follows you, you then have space. Uh, and that is huge for the players to operate in and really, really huge as in like important, not as in big, but really, really important. Kane, as you'll know better than me, with Spurs this season has, has kind of altered his role to more like a false nine role, hasn't he? Where he's been picking up ball from transition and, and in, and in um, kind of build-up phase and he's been playing balls in behind for Son and Lucas and whatnot. So I don't know if I don't know if he is the best fit because I think he's if you want to you don't want to condense that space in front of the defenders too much. I don't know if he's gonna offer you an alternative. Obviously, he's one of the he's gonna score you 20 goals a season plus, and for Chelsea, probably 30 plus, and he's one of the best strikers in the world, no doubt about that. But he's really, really good at finishing opportunities and creating attacks, but he's not really, really good at well, he's really good at it, but he's not necessarily used to or being asked to in the last 18 months to be that. I suppose, nine figurehead, you can say, who's going to run in behind and who's going to link as he was doing under Pot, Pochettino. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong in saying that. What would you say? No, I'd, I'd say that, like, all of the running in behind stuff, you have Werner to do. Yeah. And you can have, you know, there's been, I remember very clearly in the game where the Chelsea Spurs game that I was talking about before, where Mason Mount, I think Tammy Abraham started and there were times where Tammy Abraham would come a little bit closer to the ball when they were building up and Mason Mount would just be off running. He's like gleeful like I was sitting at the top mm. tier you could see the joy in his face that there was a big space for him to run into so I don't know mm. if I don't know if well I, I suppose rather what you're saying about you, they need a player who to, can do certain jobs I think it, it, like some of those jobs are already being done by by Werner like mm. you say like the fact he's getting caught offside so often is is just like what is the ultimate metric for someone who runs it behind mm. like you said um but yeah I don't want to talk about Kane to Chelsea because that is that, that's, that's a bit sickening um, in terms of in terms of the like the the occasion, does the fact like you said in a in a in a big game spacing behind the transition, there are two moments that could could are likely to define the game. Whichever team does those things best probably wins. Is there anything that like Pep's done in big games that you think okay we might we might see something like that on Saturday? Um, I mean, I think I think. He'll, he'll be very big on stopping how, stopping Chelsea's ability to counter-attack. So the use of Cancelo is a crucial one, I think. I, for me, I don't like it really when Cancelo plays wide. I don't really see the benefit 
I'd, I think I'd way rather him play centrally, um, like alongside Rodri, not all the whole time, but in moments. And then you have Mares wide, and then I mean, we've not even got into Carl Walker, who I think who I think has to play, and I think will play. Um, and having Carl Walker there to stop counter attacks, I think that is one of the most beneficial things you can have. I mean, I don't think that a player like Kyle Walker and not having a player like Kyle Walker on the team, that leaves you so susceptible to being counted. And that's why, again, in that PSG game I was speaking about earlier, he does, you know, with Guardiola, you always want to play one player out of the, out of the left back and the right back and the right back and the left back. Like, nominally, they're not at all playing there, but it's those two four players. He always has one inside and one wide and then the other one inside and the other one wide. So, I was talking at half-time about it and it was almost like, is he going to play Walker White? He's never going to do that because he needs Walker to play centrally. Um, so I think that I think that's that will be a really big one. I think back to, again, we said he, earlier on he needs to play something running behind. But that said, against Chelsea in the second game, he played, he had three players coming into the pockets. He had one player centrally in the pocket, one player left, one player right. If you can do that with Gundogan, Bernardo Silva and Foden, <clears throat> or De Bruyne, Foden and Bernardo Silva, whoever it might be, then, then do you necessarily need players to run in behind? I mean, you have those three players standing there in between those spaces. You draw in Rudiger, you draw in Aspilicueta, you draw in Thiago Silva. All you need then is, is one run from someone else and then you're going to have a chance to score. So, but I mean, I don't necessarily think that he should do that. I think he does need players to stay on the last line and to stretch it. But you're asking me, could he, could he, could he do something? Well, I mean, we've seen him play numerous times with a, with a false nine and just massively occupying those spaces in between the lines. Yeah, he could do that again. Okay, like I said, for me, in the, in the, what was interesting in the second game was he, it was more like a, the, shape it, the shape that he played for most of the game was the back three of the five. He then had Rodri, another line of three, and then another line of three. So I think with that, he had those, the final line of three were really... You go three against maybe three in terms of the three Chelsea centre backs, wing backs are going up. That's that's a difficult conundrum for Chelsea. There, three versus three. The minute you make one movement deep, you pull someone out of position. You create gigantic space in behind. So I think if you don't pin those players, so to speak, you don't give yourself enough spaces to to build up the play elsewhere. So I think I think he needs I think he needs to um, I think he needs to have players high and he needs to have players stretching the last line, whether they'll do that or not. We'll see, but um, yeah, I think those moments are huge. How to stop Chelsea's counter attack and how to how to break through their their fairly organised defensive shape. Mm. On that point around the the three v three, getting getting the ball into whoever is the central city striker or central city player in that line of three, to to getting that ball into whoever that is, if that pass gets played in between the two Chelsea midfielders so the base of their box mm, mm, it's mm. probably it's probably Thiago Silva or whoever the set probably Thiago Silva is going to play probably mm. that player who has to step out isn't that isn't that a good thing for whoever the City player is they're probably going to be quicker more mobile able to receive the ball and maybe even turn by the time Thiago Silva gets there beat him mm. in some sort of 3v2-ish yeah definitely I mean the the second the league the league game, it was Christensen playing there, yeah, and um, he was he was exposed one or two times definitely for the 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 city goal. Um, he was exposed coming really really high trying to squeeze ball in behind. He made one mistake. Silver's a better defender than him, but he's he's not he's not the most 
he's not the quickest, is he? So I don't know. Um, I don't know whether they're going to be whether they whether they want him to squeeze that high. Rudiger was also really really high. I think it is a good thing to answer your question. I think it is a good thing for those players to be step to be jumping high, to be combining, setting, and then going through. I think what you don't want is to be squeezed really really high, but then with not enough players running past Silva. If that makes sense. If he's squeezing high, but there's no one running past him. You haven't got that moment where you think, okay, I'm not going to go fully here because if I go fully, there's a man behind me. Therefore, I step off. But by the time I've stepped off, he's turned and now we're actually really, really screwed. Or if I do go really, really tight, they might actually pass over my head to the player running behind me. So I do think you need deep runs from there. And there was actually a moment in, in um, again, the league game where... where Rudiger squeezed almost past the halfway line and Ferran Torres just ran. He just looked at the ball and just ran. He was like a sprinter. And he don't think he had necessarily much idea of getting the ball, but Rudiger was really caught there because then Rudiger backed off and then a gigantic space in between Rudiger. And you imagine that point, Chelsea are pressing that point, so they're not as compact. So when you, obviously, when you press, you're, you're actually defending rather than like traditional principles of defence to be compact. Then you're defending open, aren't you? but there's a higher reward for the risk. If you're defending open and someone makes a run off a centre half and he has to then drop off, you then have a gigantic space potentially in the middle of the pitch because your centre midfielder could be jumping onto their centre back or their holding midfielder might have dropped him, so whatever. In that space there, you can then have De Bruyne or Sterling rolling into that space. Yeah, Foden, anyone. Yeah, and then by that point, you then, you're then turning there, if you can imagine, by that point, the player who's run off can then get back on side and you've got two other runners elsewhere. So, yeah, you're, you're totally right. I think you definitely a good thing to come in and receive as a nine, but you, you do as well need those runs in behind you at the same time. I think that's fundamental, um, really important. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, uh, I think it's going to happen a lot, basically. Um, here, here are the two narratives, ready? Narrative one, uh, Thomas Tuchel has transformed Chelsea single-handedly, taken them from being an average team to being one of the best teams in Europe um, with discipline and organisation and experience. And they're on a level with City, ready to go toe-to-toe. He's, re- he's ready to avenge his loss in the Champions League final last year. Narrative two is Pep Guardiola has been an unbelievable coach in England, three titles in four years sensational he hasn't been in the Champions League final for 10 years since the Wembley won against Man U and if he's to fully cement his legacy as one of the best coaches he's ever coached in England he has to win the Champions League for City to kind of tie up this dominant era there has to be a Champions League there um which of those which of those do you like and which of those is is more likely to happen I mean, if you, if you ask me who I think is going to win, I think Man City are going to win. Okay, there we go. That was way um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident Man City are going to win. Having watched the two games back this morning, um, this, the first game was like, Pep, Pep Guardiola going, okay, I'm going to do this. I, I did it wrong. Fair play. The second game was, I'm going to do this, but with not good players, not good, with not my best players. I did it right, but, my, but I missed the penalty. And I didn't have my best players on the pitch. If he does that again with the, the changes that he's going to make to that with his best players on the pitch, 
I think they'll win the game. I just think that they're, they're going to be really able to, to, all the things we spoke about during the podcast, I think they're going to be really able to do those things with the best players on the pitch. But yeah, I mean, Tuchel's done a remarkable job. Look, their squad's unbelievable. Like, I don't think that they should be finishing anywhere other than top two um, with this squad. It, it, like, the, the players they bought in the summer, Havertz, Ziyech and Werner, if they go to, if they buy three more players like that, kind of, they were, they were the in-vogue in players, weren't they, when they bought them? If they buy another three, whoever it might be, they, they, their, their squad is, is fantastic and it has been fantastic for the last year or 18 months. So, I, you know, I, uh, he's done a really good job with them, but he's a very good coach and they've got very good players. So it's not like rocket science, is it? Um, they've got very, very, very good players and a very good coach. So they, they'll, they, uh, if Chelsea don't finish in the top two next season, I'll be, I'll be very, very surprised. Yeah, I think that's fair. Come on then, let's, 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 uh, let's figure out these starting 11s. If you, let's do, if you were coaching City, who would you play? Can I just write it down quickly? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this 3-1-3-3 now. That's, that's what I'm looking at. Mm. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. So I'll do an in possession shape then. But I'm actually gonna put a two there. Well, well, okay. Before that, then, who who do you think is gonna have more of the ball? I think I think Man City will. I don't think they ever. I think the, the, it was like 54 and then 57 in the first few game percentage possession. Yeah. Okay. So I think that was slightly, I think that was slightly more. Cool. And the Chelsea shape's easier to figure um, out then. So yeah, let's do a City team in possession. I've just gone totally against everything I said. <laughs> You said okay, when, you, when so, you were last time, you said I changed my mind a few times a day, so so that's okay. Yeah, it's not it's not a good look, is it? <laughs> it's not an easy job, is it, Justice? It's not. It's not. Who'd, I'm, I'm who'd be a manager? Who'd be a manager? Okay. So one more thing to say before we do it is that that three what that that back three in the what they have done a lot of City this season is a lot a lot of teams have done has gone like full back, centre back, centre back. And a lot of teams will go like centre midfielder, centre back, centre back, like a three line, and quite not quite not narrow, but like not not visibly wide. Yeah. Whereas in the second game, City just had their three centre backs, but quite wide, and that made it hard for the box to get from one to the other, and they broke down the size like that. So I think they might do that again. Yeah, the reference point um, for that probably for when we're watching is just like the width of the eighteen yard box, right? Yeah, I think they, I think no, I think they will be a bit a bit wider. That's what I'm saying. Slightly so if wider. They're doing it yeah, now, yeah, yeah. They'll be inside it, and if they're doing it, yeah, wider, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, 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 yes. Okay, do you want to hear mine? Yes, Kimmy. Cool. So I think we're looking at Edison, and then three mm. Walker Stones, Diaz, Walker Diaz Stones, Rodri, mm. then Cancelo. I, I don't know who goes where here. Cancelo, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Mares, Foden, Sterling. We've got exactly the same team except one player. Okay, who have you got in? Walker. I've got Walker. So I say that again. You've, I, you must have glitched when you said that. You got okay, Edison. Yeah. Walker. Mm -hmm. Stones. Diaz. Rodri. Yeah. Cancelo. Gundogan. Right. Foden. Mares. De Bruyne. Sterling. Okay, so yeah, my only player that I've got in there is Laporte. Okay. Over, so, over Sterling. 
Okay, cool. So, so what's, your, what's your shape then? So then my so my three currently are Walker Stones Diaz, but you're saying that that's going to be more like yeah. Stones Diaz Laporte with Walker High. Yeah, I'm thinking Stones Diaz Laporte. Yeah, I'm thinking Walker Rodri. Walker Walker Rodri. Yeah. Then Gundogan, Foden, Cancelo, Mars yeah. De Bruyne. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we're not we're not too far. I think that's you know what I was thinking about. Um, whether Chelsea really need a left-footed centre-back, right? If they're going to... Oh, before, before you go there, sorry, before you go, how how funny is it that, like, we just got, like, 10 minutes of joy about, like, picking a team as if it's, like, a puzzle? <laughs> like, what... How... It's it's what we... I think we're, like, privileged to be in the same earth as a manager who makes us, like, genuinely, like, scratch our heads over, like, the starting lineup and, like, where they're going to stand. It's, like... It's fantastic. Ten, which, would, which wouldn't it just would be would never happen before. It just it's brilliant. Yeah. Do you know what? Anyway, I think it's, no, no. Before I make the other point, I think it's it's kind of more fun when it's not your team. Guessing the starting lineup for a Spurs game, yeah. not that fun because you're like, oh yeah, great. It might be, I don't know. It might be Eric Dyer. That's that's going to be great for everyone. Whereas like, I don't know. Even reeling off the names like Foden, De Bruyne, Cancelo, Mahrez, Gundogan, Sterling. That's just so much fun to think about what that might look like and what that team's capable of. It's so much more fun. Um, the point I'm I was sure, going to make... he's che- Go on, yeah, go on. No, no, go on. I was saying, he's, he's making us change the way we're thinking about football. So rather than saying who's going to play left back, right back, we're saying who's going to be the man that runs in behind? Who's going to be the man that stops counterattacks? Who's going to be the man that fills that space? Who's going to be the man that built? It's a totally different way of thinking about football. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, the point I was going to make before was, do Chelsea need a left-footed centre-back? Who would that left-footed centre-back be? Um, and as I was thinking that, I was like, oh yeah, City already have Laporte and he can do that really well. Um, Chelsea team? Chelsea team, I think, sort of picks itself, doesn't it? It'll be, uh, I think it's Villaqueta, Silva, Rudiger, Chilwell, Rhys James, Kante um, if he's fit, Jorginho, Mount. I'd, I'd start Pulisic, personally, and yeah. then Werner. Okay, so Pulisic over Ziyech, really? Yeah, probably. Just because I, he scored in the last, he scored two to go in it, but I just, I just think Pulisic is just that chaos factor, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Can be vital. He just is. He's, he's, he's just. It's like he's been electrocuted when he gets the ball. It's like someone's zapped him <laughs> yeah. and he can do things so quickly, change direction so quickly, and in. Like you said, you talked about Mount's like stride pattern earlier. His stride pattern is like so isn't so chaotic. Like his legs are like, and it's just they're still under control around the box. He's honestly, yeah. it's just even the way he finishes is just chaos. Like he'll just somehow get to a ball that he should never have got to and just smash it off the bar. It was just like how <laughs> what's happened there? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's I think. I think when well, that's the re- that's the reason we've done it. I think we're not far off in terms of those teams, and I think I'm with you that City are going to win. I said I was chatting to my cousin before the um, the league game that Chelsea won. I was like, I think Chelsea win today, but City win the final, and I'm 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 sticking with that. Pep. Pep. Yeah, I'd be I, I'd be yeah. I, I'd be very surprised if City didn't win it. Yeah, and not because they're not because they they are not because they're the best team in the Champions League. Every year on year, or because it's just like a Real Madrid, a Real Madrid one where you go, they're going to win because they're at City. Not that at all. I just think, I just think, 
it just it's just everything is in position for them to win this game. Like even the two build-up games as two dress rehearsals, that's Guardiola's dream. Hmm. <laughs> Isn't it? It's, it's actually it's his dream to have two dress rehearsals before a game of this magnitude. It's it's, it's I think everything's set up for them. They haven't got any injuries. Cancelo's back from suspension. It's ten it's all of that. I think I just can't see them not winning it. Score? I hate you know what I just hate doing scores. I yeah, hate doing fine. scores because I'll do it though. I'll do it. Why not? It's a bit. I'll... How about man of the Let's match? Let's score. Man of the match will, will be Foden. Yeah, I agree. And score will be. I'm going to go City two one in extra time. Oh, extra time. Okay. Okay. I just I want this game to last as long as long as humanly possible. You're such a loser. <laughs> um, cool. All right, wicked. Thanks a lot, Josh. Appreciate it. Thank you, mate.